Blog Talk Radio. General Quarters, Security Condition 3. GQ, Security 3, sir. General Quarters 3, Intruder Alert. GQ 3, Intruder Alert. No one has doorman than I do, and that is the absolute truth. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon. I am your host and cruise director, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jennifer Perry or Jen or as uh, or my Brit name, Maudette, uh, for the mods, and I am just so happy to be here and happy that so many people are subscribing and listening and downloading and sharing, and I want to thank you because the more you do that, the more I'm able to keep bringing you fantastic guests and you let me know by comments or just through downloads um, that you love them all. Last week, Susie Spencer was here, and that show has gone crazy. I mean, the numbers are big. Susie Spencer, uh, we were talking about her book, uh, Breaking Point, about Andrea Yates because she covered that case as soon as it was happening in Texas uh, Remember Andrea Yates in 2001, the mother that uh, was affected with severe postpartum depression, and she she drowned her children. And we're bringing a few of these shows. I know I have a lot of entertainment on, like music and books, but I'm having several shows um, this month uh, about mental illness because this is National Mental Illness Month, and we need to know more more about how to serve people, help people, and about get insurance for people so they can be treated. Not just till the money runs out, but as long as they need. So, uh, also, we had, uh, to, well, let's see. Oh, and, of course, Susie Spencer, after writing a few crime books, she uh, she needed uh, a break, so she decided to write a book about sex, which is very much like another one of our regular guests, Susie uh, Parker, who is a political journalist in uh, Arkansas. She did the same thing. She wrote about sex. So uh, I guess it's a good way to kind of cleanse the literary palate. We'll see. Also, tomorrow night, uh, my guest is Mae McCarthy. And you may remember she was here about a year ago talking about a book on finances. And this one is well known as far as a financial analyst on uh, television um, and a speaker. But tomorrow night, she's talking about a different book. Uh, her newest book is about forgiveness. And I think the bottom line through all the title and the stuff that her uh, fantastic press a publicist sent me is, can forgiveness make you smarter and give you a better life? And so she'll be here tomorrow night, same time, 7 o'clock, May McCarthy. But tonight I'm so excited. Um, I want to thank Terrence McCauley for introducing me to this lady, uh, this author. And I don't even know where to begin to describe her. I called her on Twitter. I called her, I think, a, a powerhouse of creativity because uh, the more I learn about this fabulous woman. She's uh, she's writer, 
a creator of shows. She's uh, an actress and like a model, a dancer. She's magnificent, and she has the most gorgeous dog. And so just going to go ahead and bring in and start talking. Please welcome Maggie Lynn Heron-Heidel. Welcome, Maggie. Hi, thank you so very much for that wonderful intro. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, this is what I keep thinking about. Okay, this is, you you always want to find out enough about people to be able to share things about them that that everybody should know. And then I keep thinking, I'm going to, you know, spend, I could probably spend 45 minutes on the intro because uh, there's (laughs) so much more. See, I love your videos. That you do with just your videos you. that you do, letting your readers know about what's coming up next, what you're doing, and then one with your your beautiful dog. And the then Mishka. there's <laughs> Mishka, the gorgeous Mishka who who has a beautiful voice. And then also uh, your web TV series, or you got more than one series, but we're going to get to that later on. So okay, so already everybody knows there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff coming. Um, but you are a uh, prolific is, is like an understatement. You're a very prolific writer and creator, mostly known for science fiction and fantasy books. And so why don't we start, for, especially for the people listening who are already fans, who are already your readers, they're going to want to know what's next. So what's the, what's the new? you got a lot of new stuff coming out. Yes, I do. I have a, a, four books definitely coming out, and maybe a fifth if I can get it out of my editor's gear. So, yeah, it's very, very Big, full-packed reading list for you guys coming up soon. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right. New one in the next couple weeks. A lot of people have been asking, actually demanding it from me. Um, My Wings of Calico book is finally coming out. For those who love high fantasy books, this one is going to make all of you very happy. Um, It's the book one in my Legends Aristina series, and it centers on the Bermuda Triangle, and the invisible island of Aristina where the fairies live. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit different than what I usually write about, but I'm hoping everybody will love it. Where the fairies live, and I may be jumping the gun on this, but there is a question I think a lot of people have, including me, and I believe that you know the answer. Now, I have a question, too, because I've had a lot of corgis and still have one now, and, you know, fairies are involved. I mean, the corgis are involved with this subject. But I see fairies written as F-A-I-R-I-E-S and F-A-E-R-I-E-S. Is there a difference? Yes, there is indeed. Um, when I first started researching to write this book, I was a bit confused by this because I thought, and I thought maybe it was just an old English spelling, but there's actually a huge difference. Um, more than spelling, I mean, you know. Fairies, spelled F-A-I-R-Y, that kind of fairy, are meant as more of good creatures, whereas the F-A-E spelling of the word means bad, and they actually are known more for stealing, oh. and they're not pretty creatures, and that's why a lot of the romance novels write the um, F-A-I-R-Y spelling as opposed to the other because the others are actually quite ugly in comparison. I actually took a different route with my new book um, and made them a little less uh, inhuman and just basically made it that they look somewhat different from the regular fairies with, that are more um, used in regular books. And... Uh, Maybe it's because they discriminate against each other, actually, and make it very much about racism and bigotry and kind of teach lessons through it. But, yeah, in the traditional Mm. sense, there is a huge difference. 
And see, I thought the same thing. I thought that they were, uh, it was just an English spelling or something, just a little affectation. But uh, then I found out that you knew the answer, so I had to get, I had to find out. And of course, you, which, which do they, do both types, uh, are both types known in lore for using the corgis for transports for their steeds? I'm actually not sure. You, you, you're actually using a term I did not come across when I was doing research. You're actually teaching me something right now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm coming across our connection. I thought you were asking about corgis at first. I was like, what? Well, see, because the legend is that, you know, when I first began to research corgis, when I first, well, the first one I got said that they were known as, they, they were in lore that they're known as being the steeds for the fairies. And they said that's why if they seem kind of uppity and snobby, that could be one reason. But then I knew, but then I found out, I heard that you knew the difference in fairy and fairy. So I thought, this is the woman to talk to. Okay, so, um, so now what's the... When you say you got four or five books, four, maybe five books coming out this year, I, I don't know how you do it, but. <laughs> um, I actually have a lot of stories stored up. Um, I have a couple that I've written and sat on for a long, long time because they just weren't ready. So it's not like I dish out a novel in like 90 days. That's what I'm going back because I've been having some issues with my house this year. We have unfortunately sprouted a mold problem, and a couple of my manuscripts mm. um, got sprayed with an anti-mold solution that I turned out to be deathly allergic to. So I have a mm. huge pile of books that I can't touch at the current moment. So that's a little bit of why there's a, a, like a, a bunch of books coming out in the next couple of months. Because I've, I've actually had them waiting since last year. I'm finally getting to be able to de- deal with them now. Good, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. So when people think I'm like writing out novels every 90 days, I'm constantly writing, but I'm not that fast. <laughs> okay. But you've got to, I get the feeling that you really do have a lot of stories that you've stored up over the years. As a, as a child, uh, did you read a lot um, when you were very young? I did. I started off being read to by my mom when I was very little. She loved reading these storybooks, and she would make voices, and I just loved that. Actually, to the point that I stopped reading for a while when I got to be old enough, I was supposed to read by myself because I liked her reading to me. But then when I was about <laughs> um, eight years old, my teacher started reading us the Harry Potter series. And then I said, I'm getting tired of waiting for you to finish the book, so I need to finish on my own. And then I went on and read the <laughs> second book and the third book, and then it, it, that was the beginning of it. Um, and I never stopped reading. I started actually at the encouragement of my parents when I was about um, 12 or 13, since I was I was very doing a lot of theatrical work at the time and, and uh, performing art school. Um, they said, well, since you want to be a dancer and you want to be this, why don't you try um, learning something else to make sure in case that doesn't work out, you have a backup. So why don't you try mm-hmm. writing a play? And I said, okay, you know. That sounds like a great challenge. I'm going to do this, and I did. And then as I kept working on it over the years, it then turned into a movie since I started filmmaking, and then now I'm turning it into a novel. So I started reading, and it spawned into many, many other things. I, I just love reading. I never stop. Mm, so do I. That was like my escape, my, my private world and my escape 
uh, as a kid, and hence, well, still today. By the way, for I just want to say to any to everyone listening, if you're listening live, and of course you know, um, most people know if they listen to podcasts, this is going to be available even after tonight. You can, whatever podcast platform you listen to. I'm there. Madam Perry Salon is there, uh, whether it's uh, Apple iTunes or Stitcher, Blueberry, Last FM uh, podcast, whatever you listen to, we're there. And uh, so you can keep this and listen over and over. But um, if you're listening tonight live, which is Tuesday, July 17th, 2018, and you want to talk to Maggie Lynn you can call in at 646-716-9922. Blog Talk Radio assures me it's a it's a free call in the continental U.S. So 646-716-9922. We um, welcome your calls. And uh, Maggie Liz waiting to talk to you. So now you've had um, a very popular book with uh, the Destiny in the Shadows series. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, talk to us about that for people that aren't familiar. Well, that was my first book that I released last year. It was the first in the series. Actually, I shouldn't say the first. There was a prequel novella I had released that people just loved, so I continued writing series. Um, it won two awards last year at the Virtual Fantasy Con, Silver and Bronze Medal, so I was very excited about that. It's a sci-fi fantasy novel, and it centers around the future, dystopian future being told in the life of an assassin who wants to bring down the human trafficking trade, which has flourished under the conditions of her world. Um, basically what happens from there is she is blackmailed into helping the government track down a nuclear bomb that terrorists have stolen. And it races across the desert. It deals with subjects such as corruption and all of these things that we actually see today in our world, um, and medicine and technology and all these crazy things, bionics. It's it's such a I, I love the book. I just when I started writing it several years ago, I just got this feeling in my gut saying this is the first one I'd be able to share with people because it so strikes. It, it identifies totally with the world we're living in now. Just just basically set in a hundred years from now. We're releasing the sequel in a couple of weeks, which people are really, you know, you, you know people love a book when they keep sitting on you and say, we want the second one now. And I've been hearing that for years. <laughs> I promise it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Because if I could, I was looking at different reviews that you've had, and this one is, um, this one is, well, I found it on the page, um, the page for Brains, Brain to Book Cyber Convention and Book Expo. And um, in the About the Book section, they include a review, well, a few reviews, but this was from uh, a good a Goodreads review. And it says, absolutely, War Machine is a well-written novel that one cannot stop reading until the very last page. And then, thirst for a sequel. I especially love how the characters play off of and interact with one another, through, especially given their roles on a journey that could prove to be a death mission in a dark world of deception. There is a balanced essence of danger, compassion, romance, and even humor, all elements not easy to successfully combine. Maggie Lynn Heron Heidel nailed it with all the skills of a seasoned writer. I cannot wait to read more from this budding, brilliant author. And that was a good read review. And I'm sure you read that too. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I get chills every time I hear that. It. It's like really, I'm so I, that makes 
I'm happy whenever I hear things like that. <laughs> I love it. And it's still that. And the thing is, I look at all the stuff that you do. I look at the, the talent you have. I mean, you're an actress and uh, things I'm saying, you're a model, a dancer, um, actress, all the things about you. And then to be so, I, I, I'm sorry, at my age, you know, I'm just amazed. I'm becoming so amazed with younger people and the wonderful things that the younger generation is doing. It's exciting me and interesting me, and I love it. And it looks so young, and you, right? I'm thinking, War Machine, you look at this woman. She looks just like just a little up. It's like she could just be a, a subject of a painting, uh, <laughs> very delicate. But you're writing a book called War Machine. And it's all of this, this uh, deception and darkness and, and betrayal and suspense. And I, I'm just fascinated. But I also, one other thing, too, and I think this is also to me, and, and I hope I don't offend by talking about younger generation, because the more I pay attention, the more delighted I am, you know, with things that generations younger than me are are coming up with and creating. And another thing, too, that seems to be a recurrent thread is that, and I saw here that you, 10% of the proceeds from the book go toward helping um, child and sex trafficking victims in Cambodia through Agape International Missions. Yes, yes, they're a great charity. I love them. Actually, I just got an email today from them saying that um, all of the donations and proceeds that their, their um, supporters have sent out in the last couple of months, today just even, they got uh, 32 people out of the trafficking ring, uh, families, kids, women. It's amazing what they do. They rescue them and then they, they train them in different things to give them careers and they make sure that they get on their feet and they can teach other people. You don't have to be an object that people sell, you know. So I just I just love them and I want to support them and so many other charities that, that do such great things. Human trafficking is such a, a terrible issue these days. I don't really think most people know about it, and it which stuns me in this day and age. You know, the Internet, most people would think that people would be aware, but they're not. They really aren't. So I'm very happy to support. Yeah. Sorry, so you go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just basically saying, you know, I feel very passionately um, since it's, a huge issue in the center of the War Machine and Destiny Shadows series because the main character, Sierra, who was an assassin, was a slave at one point in her life. You know, it ties directly in with the story. Everybody who reads the story and gets enjoyment out of it and buys the book basically supporting shutting these terrible operations down across the world. So that's basically why I did that. I, just, <laughs> I hope everybody else can get on board with that mission. And, and, you know, it's so easy to think that, you know, in this modern world that, that that shouldn't be happening, especially in, in developed countries like you know like like America. But um, I never sit sometimes in the evenings when I might look at a, or listen to a, um, I listen to different TED talks, and there are several. There are so many uh, TED talks about child sex trafficking or human trafficking mm-hmm. on there, and uh, and then too, you know, I'm from Atlanta and. Hartsville is an international airport, the Atlanta Hartsville Airport. And uh, even my younger brother uh, talked to me recently. He said, you know, I'm learning more and more about things like this going through Atlanta that I wasn't aware of. And he said, these, these things are frightening. I said, yeah, they are. So um, thank you for putting your work toward 
your profits of your work toward helping people and being so uh, socially conscious. By the way, I have a, um, first of all, let me say, if you want to talk to Maggie Lynn Heron Heidel, she would love to talk to you. The number is 646-716-9922. If you want to say something, have a comment or a question, but you can't make a call because your your phone's on the blink, uh, your bars are low, or you're at a day job where you can't make a call, we have a lot of this going on, you know, because people deserve to listen to a podcast at work. And uh, in that case, you can just message me to Facebook um, or message Jennifer Modette Perry on Facebook, and I'll get your comment and question. And, and I have one right now from one of my favorite people, David Hurley. He's an author, a poet. Um, he has two zines, the Subtlety and Bookalage. And I got to—if you, if you don't mind me—I got to give some shout-out love to David because there's a new book about Charles, about the Manson family, and in there somewhere they quoted uh, or mentioned David's book, Sharon Tate and the Daughters of Joy. Uh, which is a magnificent book of prose and poetry. So, David, love you. Got a shout-out to you. But um, anyway, David's one of my favorite people, and he says, he writes, prolific, talented, versatile, and gorgeous. Your War Machine novel synopsis had me at blackmailed, cornered, and screwed. The cover shows what seems to be a samurai sword. So I wonder what films under your belt, if any, have influenced some of your ideas and violent stylization for the series. Thanks, David. Yes, thank you, David. Now you said films. I believe. I believe. You said yeah, films. Yeah, like what films have influenced you? Um, I'm not sure if he's asking about martial arts films or what, but I'd say more of literature has affected me with that. I. I will be honest, I don't watch many martial arts films because we try to keep my, this sounds terrible as an actress, but we actually don't watch too many movies or too too many TV things because we like to keep our ideas fresh and kind of keep re-stimulating ideas. We don't want to copy anybody. Um, so I read a tremendous amount of books on the subject. So I'm sorry if I'm letting you down a little bit on the subject, but I, I do more research book-wise than I do watching television because um, I find... I actually found a while ago I watched movies and then it was the ideas to start showing my books and I said I don't want to do that so I'm gonna it didn't happen with books so I started researching and talking to people and doing a tremendous amount of research on Japanese culture and all of that but I didn't watch films I'm sorry <laughs> I hope that doesn't let you down too much David uh, he, David if I don't know David and I and I feel like I do he wants he wants the truth you know he just wants to know that the honest truth on there and he says. No letdown, even better with books and research. So, see? Yes. And thank you so very much, David. I hope that that if you should read the book, you like it as much as you love the synopsis. That made my day hearing that from you, so thank you. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, thank you, David. I, I, I adore him. See, I told you, I was saying he wants honesty, and then he said, yeah, that's what I want. Um, so... I wanted to know when you start. I mean, because oh, because you have so many other things going on that I'm going to get to in a moment. Do you have a certain writing process that you go through, a certain ritual or thing that sets the mood for you? Um, actually, it just differs a lot. But I'd say the first thing that usually starts my books off is either a dream or daydreaming. And that probably sounds a lot odd to a lot of people, but most writers understand that you know. 
if it doesn't entertain me first before I even sit down to write it, I'm not going to want to write it further. So it starts off with a daydream or an idea. Then what I usually do is write out um, a very quick outline of what I want to happen and, you know, the character details and all of that fun stuff. Um, I actually write much like a scriptwriter would for movies since I start out doing more of that and also play work. I write out the dialogue and the bare bones of what I want to happen. And then after I do that in notebooks because I – I have this phobia about computers because I started writing a sequel to uh, War Machine last year, and I wrote 40 pages, and my computer crashed, and I lost 40 pages. <laughs> um, oh. I make sure I have it all on paper first, at least just the dialogue, and then I take it to the computer screen. And as for rituals when I'm sitting down, um, I find that I love writing outside if it's possible. It's not possible during the winter with uh, where I am in the Northeast. So I do it inside then, but usually what I do is I set myself up outside. I um I use my tablet with a little keyboard that I bring with me everywhere so I have access to typing, and I put on music and I get to work. You know, I put an umbrella up and I have my little chair and I get to work wherever I am. I actually do my best writing, I find, in the backseat of the car because my mom, when I was very little, had her own business. Many of you have heard of the real estate books. Um, you've probably heard of it. I'm sure most of you have. Uh, she ran the Westchester, Connecticut uh, magazine. So she was a working Ooh. mom, and she, she made sure that I was in her life and didn't stick me in daycare or anything like that. So we were together all the time in the car. And when we weren't talking, you know, I was in the back seat daydreaming and coming up with ideas, and it's come into my professional life with writing, and I do my best writing sitting in the back seat of the car, kind of just zoning out into my own world. <laughs> So that's that's basically my writing process. <laughs> do do you have uh was there any specific uh teacher of writing or creativity that that meant a lot to you whether it was an actual class teacher or maybe just um another writer that you like? Oh, I've had so many. I'll start I'll basically focus on a teacher I had back in uh, middle school. Uh, Mrs. Ann Boris, and she was one of the nicest teachers I ever knew who wanted to just talk to me and talk about things and teach how to write and just so wonderfully warm and encouraging. And she actually found me on um, Facebook a couple of years ago when I first saying I'm writing a book, and she was so excited. You know, it was so wonderful to hear from her. And she's actually followed my writing all the way up to the now, you know, and that was 10, uh, excuse me, that was 2007, all the way back then. So that's a long time to follow me. And I'm so happy to be now contacted. that's exciting. Yeah. And as for writers, I have so many social media writer friends who I contact all the time. We talk and we change ideas and I hear from. I'll give a shout out to one in particular who really encouraged me the most, um, Mike Pettit. I don't know if you have ever spoken or talked with him. He's a mystery writer. Uh, he is so warm and helpful, and he got me started saying, well, this is what you need to do, not so much with writing, but how you get a book out there. And I thank him mm-hmm. to this day for that. If anybody wants to check out his books who loves mystery, look him up on Facebook, Mike Pettit. You'll see his mystery series. He's oh, actually speaking at a conference down in, I believe it's Orlando. I know it's Florida for mystery writers. He's going to be a panelist. So keep an eye out for him. He's, he's a wonderful man, too. I will, Mike Pettit. I didn't know, but I've got that written down now. We should talk about Stephanie Ford. 
to uh, learning about him as well. Also, your co- your covers, your book covers are good. And I got to admit it, not just because I'm a big reader, and not just because I'm a an entertainment publicist, but well, maybe just because of all those things. But I am very, I can be <laughs> very very critical of book covers. It's so. I know it might take a little more work or a little more money to get a good cover, but it makes a huge difference. You may not, the people yeah. that are just a book by the but a cover's going to draw you to a book. Your covers are exquisite. They are gorgeous. Thank you. Do That makes me so happy to hear because I, I actually designed them myself, so that's a great compliment coming from <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask who does it for you because they it really makes a difference. And obviously, you know, you're you're aware you want to give your you, – do you feel like do people talk – do your readers talk to you about the covers or say anything? Because they just draw me in. And even like Dave, you know, David Hurley was saying, you know, the cover of War Machine with a saber – yeah, I I love creating the engaging covers because I want them to be a conversation point without anything like that. The uh, samurai sword on the cover is actually it's not some ordinary sword. It's actually I forget what century it's from, but it was actually a real sword that was sold at auction a couple of years ago. So that sword actually is out there and it's a real one. It has history mm. based on it. And the, all of my other covers have some sort of a meaning to me as well. And it, it just—it's such an art form. I'm obviously an artist. Sue me, you know. I, it's just the way I've always been with everything. I draw, I write, I do everything I can, basically. But it's like the other day. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's seen the Wings of Calico cover, but that has a number of different elements to it. But I just incorporated a number of the creatures onto it, and I just—I found it's worked wonderfully getting people to speak to me about them. Because just the other day, I was speaking with a friend of mine's friend, and he looks at the cover and he says what the hell is that? And he's looking at um, what I refer to as the death crawlers in the book. If any of you know what an eye-eye is, it's um, it's a rather exotic-looking creature, and I've decided this looks a lot like the death crawlers in the book, so I'm going to stick wings on it and do all of this fun stuff, and there's a wolf, and people just want to know, you know, what is that, why is that there, and especially what are those ugly-looking things on the front of your book? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, otherwise it's a pretty, pretty bright cover except for them. So I know just what you mean. It has to draw somebody in, otherwise it is going to go right past your book cover. So I'm happy to hear that yeah. that people like mine, especially you. I, you're, you're giving me so many compliments. <laughs> I'm a little overwhelmed. Well, <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, and, and just so you won't think I'm just buttering you up because I'm so glad. I'm, I know I'm fangirling, but um, just a simple story. Once, many years back, I had a particular car accident, and it affected me a little bit, you know, mentally for a while. I had a few months where I, every now and then I wouldn't be able to tell numbers from letters. And, you know, of course it's, it's gone away. But also it, it affected me that time in a way where I couldn't lie. I could not tell a lie. If you asked me a question, the truth came out immediately. And even when I was working with some people, and I remember when my coworkers called me over because uh, we were—I was hustling snake oil at the time. You know what that is? That's what I call mm-hmm. working in cosmetics. Other people don't, but you know. But um, I was working in the cosmetic department, and some of the other girls that with other lines that make uh, do makeup on somebody, and they'd say, and the customer didn't like it, they'd say, 
hey, Jennifer, come over here. Do you like this? And I tell them if I did. They go, well, she's just saying that because she works with you. And they go, oh, no, she doesn't. Believe me, she doesn't. <laughs> she, she can't lie. Oh, <laughs> if she didn't like it, she'd mm-hmm. say it. So, uh, and, but then later on I found that I went ahead and tried to maintain that habit because it just it was very freeing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't hurt anyone's feelings. As long as you don't hurt anyone's exactly, feelings. Yeah. But, uh, but it was very freeing. So, um it, it's uh, it makes a big difference, and you know, as as I said too, I always tell clients when um, when I'm helping them create a, a a strategy for publicity, I say it's a short attention span world. Uh, I'm not saying people are stupid, but I'm saying people are beset <laughs> by so much so much uh, energy and so many signs and noises and things around them. So it doesn't matter you know, what your level of intelligence is as you go through every step of your day. You know, you've got, even in a restaurant, you've got some music, you've got different TV screens, you've got people around talking. Everywhere you go, there's something grabbing your attention, you know. So uh, so to have a good, you know, your name has to be everywhere and your product but, and your cover, but a good cover, you know, will snatch you up and uh, your catch your eye and draw you in. It all matters. And going on further on... Um, the work you do, and like I said, the more I, I started digging into, um, by the way, if you also, if you want to, if you don't know about this, folks, and you want to follow her stuff, uh, Maggie Lynn's website is maggielynnheronheidel.wordpress.com. And she also has a blog on there. And, you know, sometimes we have guests who give away free things, that maybe a free CD or some tickets or a book. But Maggie, if you go to her website, you can get a free copy of her book, Still Death. So it looks like she's given everybody a gift. So get on over to the the website. Thank you for saying that. I was actually going to bring that up. I want everybody to be able to read over my work to to know what you're talking about. So, you know, I I just want to share my writing with everybody. So I I make sure that everybody who goes to my website gets a little bit of a snippet of what they want to hear. I'm actually going to be releasing some more writing, so if you want to um, sign up for that guide, my news list, I'm going to be releasing a couple of other small short stories the next couple of weeks leading up to my release with Lisa Calico. So there's a lot of freebies if you want to sign up or do anything on my website. So thank you for bringing that up very much. Oh, you're welcome. I love, you know, when authors have all this stuff going on on their site, and I'll definitely be sharing, if you if you didn't get that written down or you or where you can't write, um, of course, I'll be sharing the website address and other informa- other social media information on Maggie Lynn Harold and Heidel on um, all of my social media on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram where we first uh, got to know each other on Instagram. She's a yes. lively presence there. <laughs> and uh, but also yeah, so you can get a book. I, and and it's still on. I've got my copy of Still Death that I've started on. And uh, oh, so yeah, so rush, rush on over there. Rush on over everybody. And let's see. Also, not just watch, you know, when I went on YouTube, I found that the, the videos where you talk to your readers and tell them what's coming up and give them the, or where you are if you go different places. But also, um, you're also an actress in a couple of web TV series. And web TV, to me, is, is, is just the thing. It's just exploding, and it's giving a chance for um, – People who have have ideas and creativity, and to bring things to people that 
maybe some years back you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have an agent and have this and have that and then have to deal with the casting couches and stuff. Now you can just be the creator of your own show on web TV, and there's a lot of good ones. But one of yours that I've watched a few episodes of is One Wife to Give. But first, <laughs> but that is a riot. That's about the web TV series that, that you uh, create, that you're involved in, and, and what they're like. Yes. Um, we are, I should say, I am partnered with my mom, who is also a video creator and a writer and an actress and is a model. Um, we partner up and do 50% of everything, so I'm not going to leave her out on this. Uh, her name is Kay Karen Heidel. Um, so that's, we're a team here. I'm not, I just wanted to make sure everybody knows it's not like my entire company here. Um, we create web series through the Heartbeat Network. We had formerly been known as What's It TV, but after too many people said, What's a What's It? and didn't seem to understand it, we changed it to Heartbeat. We originally started out with that title because um, we had a dog that, uh, and we actually still do, Jada. She is a what's-it. True is the form. Nobody knows what she is or where she came from. And we said, you know, that kind of fits our films as well because we don't stick to one particular kind of show or genre. We do a little bit of everything. So that's where we started, and then we moved on. We said, okay, we need a better title that will better encompass our shows as we've grown and start doing more dramas and some documentaries. And so the Heartbeat Network was born. Um, if anybody wants to check our website out, it's heartbeatnetwork.org. And we have a bunch of different series. Um, as Ms. Perry said, we have One Wife to Give. We have the Millennial Minute. We have It's Tear the Dog. We have... We do a lot of celebrity parodies and roasts. Um, we have the Change the World product project and um, a newer one, which we only other trailer people are dying to see. Uh, we have Transylvania Boulevard. So we have a tremendous amount of content up for anybody who wants to see it. Um, I could go into all the various shows, but I will be here for the next three hours then. <laughs> there is a tremendous <laughs> amount, guys. Okay. And, and yes. I'm glad you brought up Peg Heron Heidel too, because as I learn about you, of course I'm learning about her and stuff, and I'm thinking, you guys must have the best parties. You, or even by yourself, I think you guys are good. You know, I always hate to hear people say things like, I'm bored, I'm bored. To me, if you can't entertain yourself, you know, just, just give up. And it seems yes, like you yes. two <laughs> can entertain yourself forever. <laughs> Not to mention everyone who's uh, in your realm. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little outrageous to say it mildly. So, yeah, it's never going to be boring around us. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I think you must have seen her character, Erotica, just by your tone. <laughs> well, yeah. That's from our, oh, from our series, One Wife to Give. <laughs> I can assure you that she does not live in the character Erotica Kane. She is a hair and hide crafty lady. And, uh, well, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, you need to check out the show, folks, because we uh, can be a little saucy sometimes. <laughs> yes. Erotica, erotica came, soap opera heroine. Um, yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. She's brilliant. You know, it always seems to be, I mean, this is, I've got no, I've got no data on this. It's not an exact science, but it always seems to be that, when people have play a really outrageous character or maybe they're real mean or whatever, they're usually right the opposite in real life. So they really get to get yeah. to dig into a character and have fun. 
Yeah, I do that with, um, we have our show, The Millennial Minute, and um, I play Justine Belieber. Um, she's a believer of Justine, <laughs> Justin Bieber's. <laughs> and that's kind of my crazy, you know, get out of jail free if I have some frustration in my life, how to do it, because she's a foul mouth little, pardon me, people, but she's a little bitch, you know. So she's a little cracker as well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to stop and say I've got a lot of people listening that are uh, they're just texting in uh, or messaging me in that they're that they're having fun with this and they're loving um, they're loving listening to this. Also, uh, David Hurley said uh, he's already subscribed and followed at your website and he's also got Still Death, so he's trying that out too. So hey, people are already getting free uh-huh. books off. Of this before the yeah. before even over. Also, our friend uh, Duffy Odom says um, he's already going to he's going to get still death, and that he's um, just fascinated listening to this. And because he um, Duffy Odom is someone that a lot of us on Facebook follow him because years ago in Atlanta he was a uh, did a lot of you know dinner theater, but then he went with uh, uh, for a while he was co-starring with Fred Willard on a show on Comedy Central. So he said this is great. He has needed this. He's laughing and having a great time. And uh, he's ready to look up uh, your web TV. And also uh, I want to say hey to my friends uh, out there, Mimi and Dana. I know that they're enjoying this. And everybody that's listening, thank you for your comics and saying hello. Um, this is a fun show. You're going to have to come back. Thanks to Terrence McCauley for introducing me to you. And, yeah. Uh, so our, now if we go to your website, and I should get back over there. If I go to your website, do we know we know that we can get your books, through your blog, that you're also you have uh, videos on YouTube as well as uh, different TV web TV series that are riot. What about uh, when you do you travel very much? Do people get to see you on tour? I haven't been active lately with Dana, but I am definitely scheduling things to try and get around to see people. I've been I've been stuck up here in, in uh, the Northeast for too long, so I'm trying to I'm trying to get around to see people because I have so many friends around the country and across the world. So I will be, but I'm not at the current moment. I'll be very honest with that. So if you guys want to see me, let me know. I'm on either my website or wherever. Just let me know if you want me to come to your city. I'll do my best to do that. Okay. Hey, don't forget the Decatur Book Festival in Georgia. It's one of the biggest um, independent festivals in the world, definitely in the country. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Look up Decatur. Yeah, Decatur Book Festival is a, a quite a big deal. And uh, we'd love to have you down here in Georgia. Okay. So far, you seem to be able to understand everything I say. You know, you understood my accent so far. So you have a beautiful accent. I was going to say, lovely. (laughs) So, so yeah, we've had a great time down here. Um, Also, yeah, thanks to uh, Andrea Robinson says she's enjoying this, and uh, Andrea, we're glad you are, and she can't wait to read your book. Um, So, so what else would you tell any of our? uh, that just give a little creative um, advice or suggestion because the people, you know, if they want to know how do I do this, how do I write so many books, how do I, how do I do what she does? She's so prolific. Um, what kind of encouragement or advice do you give? 
Well, it's a very vast subject to be covering since I do many things, but there's really only one thing I try to say to people. And it has to do a lot with my faith and my life and everything else. You know what? There are a lot of bullies out there who will try to tell you that you have to be a certain way. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to strip down naked. Well, my usual thing is to tell them to go screw themselves. Essentially. You know what? Be you. You were created to be you and not somebody else. If you want to write, write. If you want to do film work, find a way. You know, not everybody's going to like what you do. A lot of people don't like what I do, I'll tell you, even though I'm hearing a lot of you seem to like me on this show. Just be afraid. You know, I, I've learned in the past, you know, being a people pleaser, writing a certain way, doing a certain this. You know what? If you're not making yourself happy with what you do at the end of the day or what you're creating or your book, you know what? Then it's not really worth it because at some point, you know, we all die. And whatever you mm-hmm. leave behind, whether it be work, art, writing, anything, you know what? It, it all comes to an end at a certain point, and if you weren't happy and you didn't live your life the way you were created to live it, then you just wasted a humongous opportunity. And you know what? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You only get one chance here. And all I can say on top of that is God bless you all, and please be yourself. I want to see you, not what society wants or anything else. Go for it. You, when it comes That's to right. writing a book, write what you know. You know, If you want to write fantasy, go for it. I, mean, just, I can go on about specific advice and the things I've learned, but it's a journey that everybody has to have on their own. And I'm sorry if this is not what people want to hear. Like, I know a lot of people want do-it-yourself tips, and I just I think yeah. it's more important that people discover themselves first before they even write a page or do anything, you know? You can try to be like another author. You can try to be so many things. I mean, there are so many different book styles at this point that I see. Some of them I love, some of them I hate. But you know what? Even if you hate something, somebody else is going to love it. So your book, your your video work, your whatever it is, somebody else can just read a mm. lot if, if, if writing is what you want to do. Because so, oh, Go ahead. No, those are that's, that's marvelous advice. That's marvelous suggestions. No, 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 no. I'm loving it. I'm loving it all. This is this is excellent advice. This is exactly what I wanted from your heart. You know, when I when I mentioned that 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 car accident I had, I remember stopping and thinking, um, uh, a lot of good things came out of it. It didn't seem like it at the time. One thing though was that I really thought about if if I had if I had bought the farm that day, what would my obituary say? You know, and I wouldn't like it. I wanted it to be that I went out and tried stuff, and if even if I failed. I got out there and tried and did something, you know, and people laugh at me. They've done that. I'm, I'm used to that. But it, get out get out and try something. Leave behind a, a, an obituary that makes people think, God, I wish I'd known her, you know. And also when, when, I, uh, when I meet my maker, you know, I want to be able to say, yeah, I, I was thankful for the gifts you gave me, and this is what I did with them, even though you already know this is what I did. Not like, well, mm-hmm. I gave you talents, and what did you do? Yeah, yeah. I'll be very so, honest. Uh, I, I apologize. Keep going. I thought I thought you had stopped for a second. I was I was I was stopping. Okay, because I was going to tell you I I I so identify with that and everything you've done with your car accident because when I was 15 years old I became so deathly ill that people were wondering if I was going to die and it's it's a turning point when you hit something like that as a traumatic accident or an illness or something you have to really soul search and find who you are and at that time I was a dancer and it kind of killed my dream at that point but 
I worked my way up, and I got better. And you know what came out of it? I got through my illness just by writing. So no matter what pain you have had in your life, and you have you had pain in your life has made you stronger, it's going to mean something and bring something better to you. You know, you, you've obviously Indeed. lived that. Now keep going, honey. I'm rooting for you from the from the from the pews, okay? Well, that was basically all I wanted to say. That we have a little bit of a common yeah. there, you know. I understand completely what you're saying about your accident, and I'm so happy to hear that you've gotten better and you've made something out of it. So many people sit around and let their pain or whatever's gone on in their lives just sit there, and you've used it and you've gone up from there. So good for you. Yeah. Well, I figured if I didn't, the only thing worse than not doing it and being bitter would be would be being in the old folks' home, and I'll be saying, you know, I could have been a Big bands, I could have been I could have been this and then and that's not the worst part. The worst part is all the other old ladies in the old folks' home going, There she goes again if I have to hear this story one more time. Hey, let's all cool our drugs and kill her tonight. Hey, let's grab by the wheels and push her down the hall real fast, you know. That's that would be the worst part. That would be it. So no <laughs> not again. Somebody will be out of here. She's on a roll. So <laughs> That would be the bad part. But anyway, uh, thank you. I hope you will come back soon and wish you all the success and love in the world. And I will look forward to meeting you in real life one day and your wonderful mother. And as for now, everybody's got to swing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.